the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Well, we're in the first chapter of First Thessalonians, and I want to show you something. I want you to notice something, that Paul's message doesn't change. That what Paul is teaching in Romans is not any different from what he's teaching in Ephesians, and the reality is that it's not Paul's message. The Paulian letters are all about how we as Christians live this life what we actually have in Christ Jesus, and what it, what it means to us as Christians. Now, you know, in this day and age, a lot of people live under the banner of Christian. A lot of people attend church. And you say to yourself, wow, there's a lot of people that know the Lord. But do they know the Lord? I think there's a lot of people out there that know the salvation of the Lord unto eternity, but they don't know the personal God. They don't know and have an intimate relationship with who Jesus wants to be to them. And they really don't understand what He's done in their lives when, he, when they became a Christian. They don't understand that forgiveness was a means to an end. They don't understand that salvation and and eternity and going to heaven is a continuation of what should be going on here. That it's really just a change in real estate. They've got it all out out of sorts and they're trying to create a life for themselves within the world when God has literally given them life. But they don't know what that life's about. The reality is that God has a plan. I'm a bit of a thinker, so I like plans. I like to know where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. I mean, that's just the way I'm wired. But it's also because I like to be in control. And when we have a plan, we have a little bit of control. In reality, we're like a dog holding our own leash, aren't we? We really don't have the control we think we have. But it makes us feel like we're in control. And I'm not against plans. Plans are wonderful. I mean, there's all sorts of programs out there and all the seminars you can attend. And every one of them will tell you how to sort your life, how to make a plan for yourself and for your life. And here's the reality. If you're a child of God, you're already in a plan. You already have a plan. And to the degree that you learn to yield to that plan, you'll find peace. You'll find hope. You'll find rest. 
But as long as you're trying to live to a plan that man has created for you, or you've created for yourself, you're going to find yourself desperate for a way to make it happen. In the beginning of the book of Genesis, it says, in the beginning. In the beginning of what? In the beginning of the plan of God. That's where it starts. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, in the Amplified, read this way. Even as in His love, He chose us. He chose us. Actually picked us out for Himself as His own in Christ before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for Him. And blameless in His sight, even above reproach before Him in love. For He foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as His own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the purpose of His will, because it pleased Him and was His kind intent, so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of His glorious grace, favor, and mercy, which He so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. You see, God has a plan. And it began with Him. It began before man was even formed. I mean, Ephesians makes that clear. And God chose you. This is, this is important that you understand this. God chose you before you chose Him. God chose you before you chose Him and began making plans for the day you would be born. He set everything in motion to give you an opportunity through this life on the planet to give you the opportunity, the greatest and the fullest opportunity to know the fullness of His love, to know the richness of Christ and what He has given you in His life, to know the abundance of who He is, to know all of those things in this life. He made provision for you to know those things. You say, well, it flat missed me. I didn't get the memo. My life isn't described that way. In fact, if you come by, I'll bend your ear for about an hour or more and tell you how miserable I am. I'll tell you how everybody's done me wrong. I'll tell you how they have circumvented my plan for my life, how they have stolen from me, how they've taken from me, and how I've had to recreate my own life and how I've had to make my own If you'll just listen, I'll let you know about what has happened to my life. And I'm so grateful the good Lord has rescued me from time to time. Is that the abundant life? Is that what God has called us to? Well, I want to tell you, unfortunately, it's the experience of a lot of Christians. They don't understand the plan of God. They don't even know that there is a plan apart from them one day dying and going to heaven. And that we have a resource in God that we can pray to when we get sick, when our relatives get sick, or when we have an issue. That that's what God gave us through His life. Oh, that is so wrong. That's like me telling you, go buy yourself a car. They have a great radio. Just buy yourself a car. You could really enjoy the radio. That is so wrong. God has so much more for us. Listen, Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite verses, and if you've been coming here wrong, you've heard it before. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, 
recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. He has chosen us more than that. He has chosen us and made a life for us. He chose us before the earth was formed. And God, being God, looked across eternity and He said, That one is mine. That one will choose me. That one will be my own, my elect. I will choose that one. And so, I will have a plan. Because I have a plan for all the children of God. They all work within the same plan. And I will make a path for Him. A path that will be the best path for Him to know me. The best path for Him to realize my love. The best path for Him to come to that place where He will choose me. And then I will recreate Him. He will be born. You know, we celebrate the wrong birthday, don't we? We do. We celebrate the wrong birthday because in reality, as far as God's concerned, our birthday is in Christ. It's not the day that we put this earth suit on. And that's what it is. It's an earth suit. We put it on and one day we'll take it off. But that it has nothing to do with who we are and it is not the origin of our birth. We began in Christ before the foundations of the earth. And the plan of God began before we were ever born. And He has made a plan and He has set apart good works that we may walk in Him. That we may, the Amplified says, literally live the good life. How's it working for you? The good life. Well, you know what? Let me just let you in on something. This may sound a little harsh, but when your experience and Scripture are at odds, you're the problem. Okay? You're the problem. Now, I'm just speaking out of personal experience. I figured it out for me. He has chosen His children and He calls them the elect. This is what is called the doctrine of election. Okay? Scripture will not let us ignore it or fully comprehend it. That's kind of frustrating, isn't it? But it all boils down to faith. Man has debated about it, denominations have been formed around it, and churches have split over it. It's that inexplicable place where the free will of man meets God's sovereignty. And you know what? God works it out, and God can work it out because, you know why? He's God. He can do that because He's God. He makes the rules. The bottom line is that God knew us, God chose us, and He chose us as His own. Now, man must choose to repent, man must choose to accept the death and life of Christ for his own life to be born again. But God, as God, knew Him and knew them before they chose Him. Now, if you're a Christian... Your life was valued by God from the beginning. You see, you may not see the value in it, but He does. He sees it for what it truly is. He has anticipated your every need. He has shaped your life in such a way that you can experience all the fullness and abundance that He created you for. 
It is greater than anything the world can give you. You were made for the abundance of Christ. You were made for the riches of Christ. In the same way a fish was made for water. The problem is, is we got a lot of fish swimming around on land. Trying to understand why land isn't suiting them. Why doesn't it suit me to be angry? Why doesn't it suit me to be bitter? Why doesn't it suit me to seek my own? Why doesn't it suit me to be covetous? Why doesn't it suit me to engorge myself, to to continually live for myself? Why doesn't it suit me to go from man to man or from woman to woman? Why can't I get a life out of that? Why isn't that rich enough? We just saw another death of a celebrity who had it all going for her. Why did she need drugs? Why did she need those things? Why did they have to have a presence in her life? Why? 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 Because we were made for Him. And nothing else works. You take a fish out of water and they're just going to suffocate. I don't care how fancy the house is you build for. You can build a huge fancy house for a fish, but you know what? They won't be able to appreciate it. They won't be able to appreciate it because they weren't made to live as others live. They were made to live as a fish lives. Well, Christian, you're a fish. You're a fish. You were made to live in the fullness of God. You were made to live in His love. You were made to live by faith, receiving all that He is, walking in the truth of who you are as a newborn believer. A newborn doesn't have anything to do. I'm talking about being born again. Remember Nicodemus came to Jesus? says, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus didn't say, go out and crucify yourself. Jesus didn't say, if you'll just accept the fact that I'm going to die on the cross, that you'll have a new life. But he says, you know what? He makes it impossible for the man. He says, you've got to be born again. That's the only way. We're going to have to scrap the plan that you're on and start over. You need a new plan, Nicodemus. You need a life. You need a new life. God has valued your life and valued you because He has made you for something greater. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. Paul is is speaking a prayer for the Ephesians, but you know what? It's God's prayer for you. Now, I'm going to read this prayer. I've read it many times. I'm going to read this and see if your life lines up with this, okay? Now, this is not for you to pack your bags and go on a guilt trip. This is for you to know what God intends for you, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. Again, I'm reading from the Amplified. It says that you may have, this is what I want for you. This is God speaking through Paul. This is what I want for you. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints. That's you guys. God's devoted people. The experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it? That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. Now, to Him 
who by in consequence of the action of his will, his power, that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayer, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That's what he wants. That's what God wants for you. That you would be able to apprehend what He has already done in your life. What He has already made possible for you if you're a child of God. Because the day you received Him as Savior, you also received Him as life. And that life for you is full of everything that you need. You became a fish on that day. Nothing else will suit you. Nothing else will work for you. Life won't work for you. Let me tell you, even the elemental things of life won't be enough. Marriage won't be enough. Children won't be enough. A successful job won't be enough. Having relationships won't be enough. Nothing will be enough because all of those things are to find their expression in Christ for you. Because you're a fish. And because you're a fish, the only way you can be fed is by the hand of God. God nurtures His own. God rears His own. God shapes the life of His own. And here's the reality of it, folks. He's got His hand. If you're a Christian, He's got His hand in your life. He's got His hand on your life. Now, to the degree that you have yielded to that truth, to the degree that you have abandoned yourself to the reality that you have a God, that He is on the throne, and that He loves you, and that He is sovereign, and that He has given you life, to the degree that you have embraced that by faith and said, I am going to walk in that. He will put His desires in my heart. I will live by faith. I will embrace what He has given me. To the degree you've done that, then you have put your worries aside. you put your fears on hold. You have allowed yourself to enter into the truth. Because here's the thing. It comes down at that point to this simple truth that God is in charge. I go forward in what He leads me in. And I say, Thy will be done. And I say, Lord Jesus, here's the thing. My desire is not to have a new house. My desire is not that everything go right for me, that I be prosperous, that everything go well. My desire is you. I'm signing on to your plan. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to embrace you. You see, this life has got to be all about you because I've discovered it's not about anything else. Father, you've got to reveal this to me because, Lord, apart from you, I don't know. I don't know how to walk. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to bless or be blessed. I don't know. All I know is that I'm now carrying the name Christian. And I don't have a clue what that's about, except that it's about you. Lord, I yield my life to you. You be in me all that you desire me to be. And let's grow together. Let's grow together. Make life for me about you. Paul wanted the Ephesians to enter into what the Thessalonians had. And that's called living out the Christian life. That life he planned for his children to experience. He said that you may really come to know practically through experience. That's just, that's life, that's living. 
that you may enter into the plan, the fullness, the richness, the deepest divine measure of his presence, that you may fully embrace that. That's not an emotion. That's not necessarily a feeling. For the Christian, it's a reality. Have you received him? Then you have his life. If you have his life, you have all of him. You're not going to get more of him. You have all of him at this moment. Now, you're blinded by that earth suit that you're wearing. But the reality is that he has given you all of himself. And you know what he is crying out for? You know what he is desiring? You know what made the Thessalonians different? Is that they said, basically, by their action and their faith, that I am going to live to the truth. I'm just going to believe that maybe God has a plan for my life. That maybe He is going to use and work the truth through me. That maybe I can yield all of my desires, all of my plans, all of my future, how, am I, how I'm going to balance life. Maybe I can yield it to Him, and just maybe I can trust Him to bring about what He wants in my life. Maybe I can trust Him for that. I'm just going to believe that. I'm going to go forward in faith. And you know what? You can stop praying your desires. You can stop begging God for your things and for what you're after. Because it says here in verse 29, He is able to carry out whose purposes? His purposes. If your life is about Him, then that's exactly what you want, isn't it? His purposes. And do super abundantly far over and above all that you dare ask or think infinitely beyond your highest prayer. What's your highest prayer? The church of Thessalonica was a fellowship of believers that had received the life of God and immediately began to participate in the will of God. They had yielded themselves to the activity of God. Now let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. O brethren... Beloved by God, we recognize and know that He has selected, chosen you. Paul begins by calling them brethren. That Greek word there is adelphos. And I want you to remember this. Because Paul uses it quite often, but it means a whole lot more than it looks like it means. It literally means born of the same womb. And he continues, he says, you were born of the same womb as I, and he calls them the beloved of God. Paul saying, we're of the same parentage, we have been birthed out of, this, out of the love of God, and the, what he, the word that he uses there is agapeo. And what that describes is the active, present love of God. The active love of God. Now, the way I can define that for you is, I love my wife. But the active love of my wife is me being there with her, is me helping support her, is me being there when she's hurt. The active love of my family is me nurturing my children, is me being a part of their lives, praying with them, being concerned of what they're going through. The active love of God is the perfect love of God that is not based on the condition of your behavior, but is based on the character of who He is, actively asserting himself in your life, which means out of love, he's in the middle of your circumstances. 
out of love. He's in the middle of your situation. He knows your feelings. He knows your hurts. He knows your pain. He knows what's going on. And He is active in it. His love is active in it. Beloved of God. Which means that God is in the middle of your life. He is part of your life. Now, many men and women have children out there and they go off and leave them. Their love is not active. Active love is when you have involved yourself to the point that that life becomes part of your life. God has given us active love. He says, beloved of God. Beloved by God is also a phrase that the Jews reserved for the very special men of God. In fact, it was a term that they used to refer to Moses. It was also a term they used to refer to Solomon. And beloved by God was also a term that they used to refer to themselves as a nation. So Paul, being the Jew of Jews of the past and being a Pharisee of Pharisees, knew exactly what he was saying here. He knew exactly what he was saying to these people. He says, we recognize that you have been chosen of God. We recognize that you are loved by God. That His love is active in your life. That He didn't just choose you. Now this is what modern Christianity looks like in many people. That God chose them, He allowed them to become Christians, and then He walked off and said, good luck with that. Oh, by the way, be sure you're at church on Sunday. Make sure you read the Bible occasionally, and let me hear from you now and then. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, Visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.